people of God that you have us to be. As we study the book of Joshua, another group of people that we're trying to follow you and to be the people of God that you have them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> Julie Andrews said that the beginning was a good place to start, and she said, do re me. Well, in our particular case, everything we know about the Christian life is in this book. Some other men have written some mighty fine stuff, and we read them and we study them, but all authority is in this book. And it's not just happenstance. It just didn't, just didn't happen that way. There's a reason for everything that's here. And then there's a, a sequence. <clears throat> and a long time ago, holy men wrote, and we had it. We can hold it in our hand, we can put it up on the shelf and never read it. But <clears throat> in our study that we've been, we've been going through, we go back to the beginning. God spoke the world in existence. And then, then sin in, in the garden. And when sin entered into the garden, God needed to redeem mankind at that point. And he wanted to have fellowship with humans at that point. And he chose Abram. <coughs> and when you get to heaven, you can ask him why he chose Abram. But he did. And that group of people we have come to know as Jews or the nation of Israel, he chose them for three major reasons. Number one, that they may have, he may have fellowship with his highest creation. He may have fellowship with us. Two, everybody that wrote in Scripture, say Dr. Luke, who wrote Luke and Acts, was a Jew. And then it was a human family for Jesus. The ultimate redeemer and savior. <clears throat> he chose Abel. After a rocky period of time where he says, I wish I had never created this bunch, but Noah found faith. And then we keep on going. Isaac was born under some very unusual circumstances, even then and even today. And we could simply say it's a God thing. You know, that Abram, or Abraham at this point, and Sarah had a boy named Isaac. When it came time for Isaac to marry, it was an arranged marriage. He didn't have a thing to say about it. In fact, in the business, Abram didn't have anything to to say about it in regard, one regard. But he took his trusted servant and he said, go back to my people and find Isaac the bride. And you know the story. Isaac and Rebekah had two children. Who were they? Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau. Jacob <clears throat> stole his brother's birthright because Esau came first. And Jacob was a conniver, a schemer, and this kind of thing. But when it came time 
for him to marry. His daddy said, go back to your mama's people. Go back to your mama's brother, Laban. So Jacob married his first cousin. Two of them. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. <clears throat> but <clears throat> and and they had they had 13 children. They had 12 boys and one girl. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Moses at a burning bush down at Mount Sinai, way down here. <clears throat> he said, you know, why is this bush, bush not consumed? And God said, take off your feet, your sandals, you're on holy ground. And he said, I've got a job for you to do. He was 40 years old at that time. He was a shepherd for his father-in-law out, in out in the wilderness. Out in the wilderness. <clears throat> so, at that time, he said, I've got a job for you to do because it's time for my people to leave Egypt and go back to the land that I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Go back to this land that I promised. They went down there, 70 people, 12 brothers and their family, 70 people. 430 years later, they came out, <clears throat> about 2 million. Some of them, most of them were Jews, but there was some aliens. We use that term uh, thinking about E.T., but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> they, were, they were aliens in the land. They were some of their people in, in, in Egypt, and the scripture calls them a mixed multitude. And they came out, and they crossed, they crossed the Red Sea. They crossed the Red Sea going to this land that God had promised to them. They, it was about, they made about an 11 day journey down to Mount Sinai where the Ten Commandments was given. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. This is one of two places <coughs> that, that it's mentioned. Exodus chapter 20. The Ten Commandments were given there. He called Moses up on the mount and he gave them uh, these Ten Commandments. There are five that some people say are vertical and that they have to do with the person's relationship with the Lord. And then there's five that have a uh, relationship with, with, uh, with man. If you take care of the first five, the second five will take care of themselves. And we talk about the second five, but we don't talk about the first five very much. But in verse 3 of Exodus 20, he said, You shall have no other gods before me. That's number one. Number two, you shall not make for yourself an idol or a likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a 
jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to the thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Verse 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged upon the land which the Lord your God gives you. <clears throat> you shall have no other gods before me. I'm a jealous God. Don't make any graven image of any of them. And from that little thing, there came across just like Abram sent his servant to find Isaac the wife, he sent, uh, uh, Isaac sent Jacob to find a wife at his, at his mother's place. God knew <laughs> that, <clears throat> that marriage or who you with has great, great, great implications of who you are. When I get the chance to talk to young people and my own kin, I tell them that outside of salvation, the most important decision they will ever make is who they marry. I was very fortunate. Miss Felt is my better half in a lot of ways, and she keeps me straight in a lot of ways. She'll... Well, I won't go into it anymore than that. <laughs> that's, that's just the truth. That's just the truth. And, and Isaac and, and, uh, says, I don't want you marrying these local girls. Because they were in Canaan at the time. He says, you don't need to marry these local girls. So when we fast forward into Joshua, we, we, we see something that's very strange to us today and very politically incorrect. We've talked about it. Defeat this king. Kill everybody. Defeat this king. Kill everybody. The land is yours. He promised in the first chapter of Joshua, he says, you go take it. I've given it to him. And there's two big things there. God had given it to them, but they had to go get it. Now, this, that'll preach sometime if you want me to. We are promised a lot, but we got to go get it. We got to make it happen for us. So he said, he says, go in there, Wipe them out, and the land is yours. The land is yours. And God gave them some very explicit instructions and battle plans, what to do and how to do it. We'll talk about one little strange thing today. But he knew that if the people stayed there and the Israelis came in there, <clears throat> it's tough. There's a little saying that's so true. 
that if Christian parents don't teach their children the way of the Lord, the world will teach them the way of the world. And folks, you can take that to the bank. That's true. So, so God knew that. And he says, don't intermarry. And to keep the place pure that I've given you, we're just going to wipe them out. So that's basically where we are this morning. Turn to Joshua, the 10th chapter, and we'll see a little bit there. Joshua, the 10th chapter. There's, there is a, a southern campaign, if you, right here from Jericho and Bethel down to the Negev and Kadesh Barnea. This is a southern campaign. And the northern campaign goes all the way up here. It's not shown on this map, but there's a, a town right out up here that's um, Gibeon. No, I'm sorry. It's um, uh, Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is up here, and we'll see a couple of scriptures having to do with that. But we have some very specific battles that we've talked about. Jericho, Ai, the Gibeonites, they're, they're the only ones that, that survived this particular thing because of their, uh, because of their uh, deception. But uh, God bless them. All right, let's start with verse 29. And Joshua said to all Israel, um, and he says, the Lord gave, verse 20, 30, gave them with his king in the hands, and he struck them with the edge of the sword, and he left no survivors. And you go back down to verse 33, left no survivors. <clears throat> you go on down to verse 37, left no survivors. You go on down to verse 39, left no survivors. So, in this particular place, they left no survivors. And this was what scripture and people who study this thing says the southern campaign, that Joshua and the armies of Israel captured it. Now, we'll say a little bit in a minute. We'll show you some scripture where everybody wasn't taken, but most of them were. Art mentioned a couple of weeks ago, that Jerusalem wasn't. Jerusalem wasn't defeated until David did. And we'll talk about that uh, in time. But look at verse 41 of chapter 10. Joshua struck them from Kadesh Barnea as far as Gaza and the country of Goshen, even as far as Gibeon. If you're looking at your map and you see Jerusalem there, if you go a little bit west and north, that's Gibeon. So he says from Gibeon to Kadesh Barnea, he had taken all of that land. Verse 42, Joshua captured all the kings in their land at one time because the Lord God of Israel fought for them. It wasn't, it wasn't the armies of Joshua were so, so astute. But the armies of Israel were following the Lord, and the Lord said, I've given it to you. Go get it. I've 
giving it to you. Go get it. And so they had to do that very thing. Chapter 11. <clears throat> when these kings, I can't pronounce some of these names, so I'm just going to skip them. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> chapter 11. He says, these kings heard about it. And verse 4. And they came out, and they had their armies with them, and many people, as the sands of the seashores, with many horses and chariots. Verse 6. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid because of them. For tomorrow at this time I will deliver all the men, all of them slain, before Israel. You shall hamstring their horses and burn their chariots. Verse 9. Joshua did to them as the Lord had told him. He hamstrung their horses and burned their chariots <coughs> with fire. Got <clears throat> any reason why God told them to do that? Anybody? So they continue to depend on God instead of exactly. the resources that Exactly. So they couldn't boast about their horses. They couldn't boast about their chariots. <clears throat> They had to be dependent upon God Almighty to do what they said to do. They could have taken them as plunder than they had. But the horses weren't good for anything but breeding. They couldn't be used militarily. God wanted them to depend on Him. Fast forward all these years. God wants us to depend on Him. He wants us to depend on Him. You that have gone through health issues, you know. We appreciate the doctors and the hospitals and the medicines and the technology. But I, I bet without every one of them says, the prayers of the people got me through all these things. <coughs> I know that's true in our house. So <coughs> he says, he said, they did it. Joshua did it. And then he turned around and latter part of chapter 11, let's look at, uh, at verse 16 of chapter 11. So Joshua took all the land of the hill country, all of the Negev, the Goshen, the lowland, and the hill country from Mount such and such, <coughs> the valley of Lebanon to Mount Hermon. He captured all their kings and struck them down and put them to death. Now Goshen is down here. That's where the Israelites lived when they were in Egypt. There was an expression you don't hear anymore, but it was lands of Goshen. Some of you might remember that. But he says from Goshen <coughs> all the way back up here to Mount Hermon, which is not on this map, but it's, it's, it's west of Damascus up there. All of this was under the control of Israel. God had given it to them. But there's more fighting to do. He says here in verse 12, chapter 12, uh, well, wait a minute, verse 23 of chapter 11. So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had spoken to Moses. And Joshua gave it for an inheritance to the, 
to Israel according to the division by tribes. Thus the land had rest from wars. Chapter 12, verse 24, he, he conquered 31 kings in all. Okay, chapter 13. Joshua was old and advanced in years of the Lord's. I told him, you are very much, there's very much of the land remains to be possessed. It's yours, but when you go in there, you're going to have to do some clean-up detail. You're going to have to do some clean-out detail. Verse 6, all the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon, I will drive them out before the sons of Israel only allotted to Israel for an inheritance, as I have commanded you. Now, therefore, proportion this land for an inheritance. And I won't stop right there. Okay. <clears throat> what we're fixing to do now is to divide the land. Now, all this time, God says, I'm with you. Don't have any fear. Don't worry. I've given you the land. I've given you the land. <laughs> That's what Joshua is about. Conquering and taking in the land. Okay. It was divided by tribes, right? How many tribes were there? Well, twelve. All right. If you get home this afternoon and want some real good reading, start about the 27th chapter of Genesis, and you find some very interesting reading. It's, I'm amazed at Scripture. It just tells it like it is. Jacob, his name was changed to Israel at Bethel. We call it Israel and Jacob. I grew up in a Baptist church. I came up through the ranks. You know, mother and daddy saw that I was there all the time. But going during the elementary departments, they would talk about Jacob's children, the children of Israel, and and all all this. And I have to confess, it wasn't until I got to college that a light went off in my head. And they're talking about the same group of people, the Jews, children of Jacob, Israel. They're all the same group of people. So sometimes I back back and forth between Jacob's children and Israel. <clears throat> okay. 29th chapter. It's a love story. Jacob went to his mother's brother. And he made Rachel. And according to scripture, was it love at first sight. He loved that girl. He worked seven years for Laban as a, as a dowry or as, as pay for Rachel. And then on their wedding night, and I don't understand how this happened, but it did according to scripture. When he woke up the next morning, he had Leah. He didn't have Rachel. Because Laman says, it's not right to marry the younger sister off first. 
So he had life. Okay. He grumbled. He said, you treated me wrong. He said, okay, you take a week and you fulfill your husbandly duties to live. And then I'll give you Rachel. But you work seven more years. He got, he got her then, but he had to work seven more years to pay off for, for, for Rachel. Jacob had, with Leah, he had Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zerubbabel, and Dinah. We'll talk about Dinah in a minute. Rachel had Joseph and Benjamin. Laman gave to Rachel and to Leah a maid. Rachel's maid was Bilhah. <clears throat> when she was barren, she pulled a Sarah and says, Jacob, go with my handmaid so I may have children. So he did, and they did. They had Dan and Nephthah. Okay. There came a point where Leah couldn't get pregnant anymore, and she pulled Rachel's stunt. She says, my handmaiden is Zippah, Z-I-P-A-H. Zippah. Zippah, all right? And then you have relations with her, and they had Gad and Asher. So he had 13 children by four ladies, by four ladies. Benjamin was the baby. Rachel died giving birth to Benjamin. Now, these red numbers I got up here are birth order. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah. Dan, Nephthalol, Gan, Asher, uh, Issachar, that fellow, <laughs> and Joseph and Benjamin. Now, Dinah. It's mentioned about her birth. And chapter 34 is a very interesting interlude in there. And after chapter 34, we don't hear any more in Scripture about Dinah. But <clears throat> I won't say any more about that at that time. Joseph was in Egypt. And he had two children, Ephraim and Manasseh. And when Jacob finally got to Egypt, he said, I didn't expect to see you, much less see my grandsons. And so he says in chapter, let's go there right quick, Genesis 48. <clears throat> Genesis 48, 5 and 6. <clears throat> It's back up to Genesis 48, chapter three, verse 3. Genesis 48, 3. 
Then Jacob, Jacob said to, to Joseph, Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. He said to me, Behold, I make you fruitful and numerous. I will make you the company of people, and I will give this land to your descendants after you for our everlasting possession. Now your two sons who were born to you in Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine, Ephraim and Manasseh, and shall be mine as Reuben and Simeon. So the grandfather adopted Ephraim and Manasseh into his inheritance. Okay, we'll see in the next little bit. There is a tribe of Reuben. There's a tribe of, well, there's all, all these have tribes, but now I'm talking about land, land. Reuben got land. Simeon got land. Levi didn't get any land. He got some cities, and we'll talk about that. But he didn't get any land. Who, who is Levi? Priest. Priest. Who are two prominent people from the tribe of Levi? Moses. Moses and Aaron. Those are the two, two prominent ones from the tribe of Levi. Okay. Judah. Who do we know from the tribe of Judah? Descendants from the tribe of Judah. David. David. And Jesus. Jesus. That's two, two main, main ones there from the tribe of Judah. And Judah's an interesting soul to watch. Issachar, Zerubbabel, Gad, Asher, Joseph, there is no land afforded to, 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 to Joseph. But there is to Ephraim and Manasseh and Benjamin. Who was from the tribe of Benjamin? That's very prominent in Scripture. Paul. Born the eighth, born uh, a Pharisee, uh, the tribe of Benjamin. And Paul was very much, very proud of that. Now the land that we apportioned, and we're going to go into this, probably not, not this today, but next week we'll get into how these go into the land that was divided. Nothing just happens. Ephraim. Who was from the tribe of Ephraim? That's very important.
go back to, we'll pick up in, uh, in chapter, uh, chapter 13, the latter part of chapter 13, and we'll talk about the territories. And if you read that this week, <laughs> the, the, their, their property descriptions, you that have know, you know, they, a legal property description says that you start at this blackjack tree and you go to this 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 fence and you'll find find a um, tractor axle and you go over there and, and and that's the way we do today, right, Bob? Well, these these uh, coordinates, so to speak, that are mentioned in Scripture uh, through the years have lost their significance to us, but. It is very significant about where it is. Now, these people who have studied it, they have kind of proportioned this land off uh, about what we have. And this map is one that I, I could reproduce. You might have one in your map in the back of your Bible. It's better. Jane's got some great ones in her, in her. But this is one that that we can see. Okay, God is faithful. And we'll see a little bit more about that. But we're quickly going to the end of Joshua because we're not going to spend a lot of time uh, after we talk about uh, where the land is going. Any questions about, about <laughs> the brothers here? <laughs> okay. All right. The singing today. So if you want to come to the choir, come on to the choir. And uh, you can stand by. Bella, <laughs> and Rhoda, and, Ro and, Ro and we'll, we'll go from there. Okay? Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're faithful in all things. And you gave us the Bible that we can hold in our hands and we can read and we can study and we can enjoy. We thank you for loving us. We ask you to be with us as we go in the further service that we ask that everything said, every prayer prayed, every song sung, everything is sung, done for honor and glory by you. And when we leave here today, we can say, it's been good to be in God's house. In Jesus' name we ask you. Thank you folks for coming. This much, no, truly, you know, this much in a week's time and then pass it on to us is, is just